Hey guys, welcome to Parenting Today. This is Kurt. I know it's been a while. We're excited. Uh, John and I are excited for this episode. We've been previewing it what seems like a really long time, but uh, it's episode one and two of Stranger Things. We're going to deep dive into all the different hidden meanings, uh, character relationships, uh, everything that's happening in season one and two. We're going to try to figure out if this is something uh, worth watching uh, or if it's something that we need to just punt on. We're going to discuss how you might pivot um, the show uh, to talking with your children about spiritual realities, um, emotional realities, all of that. It's a pretty fun discussion. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Here's some music from Joe Deegan and RYM Worship. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Parenting Today. I am literally sitting across from Kurt Cooper. Kurt, yes. how's it going? This is exciting, John. This is something, uh, I'm, my excitement is tempered, but it's still <laughs> there. It's, it's. Why, why is it tempered, Kurt? Uh, you just don't know. I mean, we're, we're dealing with the cultural artifact for the next several episodes, and what if that cultural artifact turns out to be garbage? <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> And then all at the end of this, it's just like, whatever. But also, it's just it's fun to talk about a shared experience. We yep. watched, we watched the first two episodes of Stranger Things season three last night. Well, I very thought, late, I thought, actually early this morning. I thought that's why you were going to say uh, your tempered excitement or whatever, because <laughs> we ended the second episode at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was actually like 2.11, but I didn't get in the bed until like 2.30. Yeah, so uh, we thought about not doing this, but we were like, okay, we the, said people, the people got up this morning, pulled up their podcast app, and they just kept refreshing. Yeah. Kurt and John told us yeah. they were going to have something on Friday. Yes, and um, by people you mean our moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've used, my that, aunt. we've used that joke a little too much. It's good you included your aunt. Yeah, got to kind of branch uh, out from the, hey, the moms. Though the reason that some of you are probably thinking, man, it was really irresponsible for you guys to start two episodes <laughs> after midnight, and that's fair. The plan was for us to start them much earlier than that. But we're at RYM High School, Florida One. It was the last night last night, July 4th. Fireworks are going off. We're trying to put children to bed because our families are here. I should say John's trying to do that. I was not <laughs> trying to put my children to bed. One of my one of my children was already in bed, and the other one was at the dance party just cutting it up big time. But uh, so we're trying to do that. And then an involuntary uh, kind of magic impromptu show. magic show uh showed up this isn't a joke yeah it's not there was like a real wizard in our midst <laughs> and he was doing actual wizardry and i don't know how to say this but one of the rym interns is a newt now i don't like <laughs> i don't know what we're going to tell their parents i won't tell you which one but one of them is a newt so and for those yeah for those who are listening to this uh, and are coming to high school florida two on monday you might be able to discover which one is the newt Yes, it'll be the newt with the uh, really cool looking t-shirt on. <laughs> uh, we, we do have to give a shout out to Christian Graham. Yeah. Who uh, is a youth worker, and I completely went blank, I think in Maryland. Yes, it's in Maryland, and it's on an island, and I can't remember what it's called now. But right. it's on an island, and it's about an hour, 50 minutes away from Baltimore, and about an hour away from D.C., and I can't remember the name of the place where he is, but... But he's uh, he's performed at the White House before. I mean, he's yeah. 
legitimate magician. And I'll tell you that I knew how to do one of the tricks that he did because I did a long time ago for a speech in high school. I learned some magic tricks and I knew how to do the trick he was doing. And he did it so well in front of me that I can't figure out how he did it. And I knew how to do the trick. <laughs> like he, he anyway, is that's how good he is. Is that even if you think you know what he's doing, he still will make you like just he'll still blow your mind. Yeah, he's amazing. He, he's a great guy and he's been coming to RYM's youth theater training for the past five or six years and mm-hmm. uh, he's been coming to this conference and uh, put mm-hmm. on a, a small magic show for all of our kids the other day and then yes. late last night did this for all the interns and then got on a or got in a van this morning and is driving back um, 14 hours or so. Yikes. Um, so anyway. Actually, I think he's just going to snap his fingers and they're going to appear <laughs> in Maryland. That's right. So Man, that comes in handy. Yeah. It's um, really nice to be able to. But it's been a fun week at high school, Florida One. So as we said, it's Friday. Um, everyone, I think, is gone from Laguna now. It's officially over. Uh, we've got a little bit of time to, to rest on the weekend. And then high school, Florida Two oh, yeah. will kick off on Monday. 1,300 people coming to that. It's going to be. A lot of madness. Um, Kurt and I are going to try to squeeze in two more episodes uh, sometime and then uh, record a podcast, and we're going to have a podcast for you uh, a week from today and hopefully earlier yeah. uh, so you guys can wake up on Friday and listen to it on your morning commute or, or whatever. But today we're going to be talking about just episodes one and two of Stranger Things uh, as we said, we watched that uh, really late last night. We had some of the band members who were in there, some of the interns mm-hmm. from RYM were in there with us. And uh, we said we wanted to do a live podcast. Uh, this is, I mean, we're in the promised land. Those who know we are what live, that is. And, and this and is live. Ken, Ken the, who, who works the book table at RYM, he's across the room. Uh, you might can hear him in the background talking on the phone. Um, I don't know how it's going to sound in here. We're kind I think of it's going to be corner. fine. I, I got to tell you, John, I've listened to a lot of podcasts and you seem to lots of times be worried about the sound and I've never, it's very rare that there's like really a sound problem. Well, that's so good. I like that you're careful about it, but I think you can like relax a little bit about it. Well, I'm not, I'm not stressed about it. Uh, but you're it's so just, stressed, I, I John. Why are you gripping the table so hard <laughs> and sweat pouring down your forehead? Um, <laughs> I just I care about our listeners, and we want to take care of them. And See, make I don't sure care about them at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, Kurt and I, you know, we're going to be discussing this um, over the next several weeks, and we're kind of thinking of, okay, how should we best approach this? We'll, we'll kind of recap some of uh, the episode. Uh, hopefully, you guys are just kind of sticking with us on just the two episodes at a time, not mm-hmm. getting too far ahead. We know with... with uh, this type of show, they're going to end on a cliffhanger, and mm-hmm. Netflix wants you to stay on, you know, their streaming um, outlet just to, yeah, make money. Um, so it could be hard to to just stop it at two, uh, but hopefully you're going with us. So I guess just let, let's start there, talking about and kind of a quick recap, and then get into yeah. discussion as kind of parents thinking about this. Yeah, and also, I mean, fair warning. Like we can't recap these episodes without spoiling what yeah. happens in them. So that's, I mean, at this point, if you have not seen the first two episodes of Stranger Things, you might want to hit pause, and if you're planning to, because we are going to talk about the plot, um, mm-hmm. and we're also probably going to mention plot points from the first two seasons as well. So uh, if you haven't seen any of Stranger Things and you want to catch up, 
then you're going to need to really hit pause and wait and, yeah, and get yeah. after it. But I don't recommend watching a show like that, but that's what yeah. you'd have to do. Um, yeah, and so yeah. last night as we were about to hit play, um, I just asked the room, okay, how do you think season three is going to begin? Because, mm. you know, we have season one, you've got the scientist running down the hall from something he's terrified, terrified mm. of. You don't know what that is. He gets into an elevator, and then he looks up, and something grabs him and pulls him mm-hmm. off camera. The second one... All of a sudden, you meet these new characters um, who you later discover is Eleven's sister who's been experimented on. I think she was 10. She was number mm-hmm. 10. Yeah. And then Eleven's number 11. Um, mm-hmm. They call her L for short. So this one, we're kind of like, okay, are they going to go back and kind of, you know, give us some um, just prequel to the events that we saw in seasons one and two? Sure enough, that's what they did. They backed yep. up, was it 1984? That's right. Okay. And um, some scientists you discover who are in Russia. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know. Well, we think in episode they're one Russian. it's Russian. Yeah. They're Russian. Well, but they go outside the, the building and it appears. It's snowing. Yeah, that they're in Russia. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's snowing, but it also snows in <laughs> yes. Indiana, John. Yeah. If you're aware yeah. of this. But I couldn't remember the surroundings. If it just, I mean, that's I the, think, the whole I think point we're they're trying to, to make you think. I don't know if we're supposed to. But I, th- I think we they want us to think they're in Russia for mm-hmm. sure. And yes. I don't know if that's because they actually are or because they just want us to think that. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. as you go to episode two, you discover one of the Russians who actually killed a scientist at the beginning was present in Hawkins, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so then you're not sure if it's really happening in Russia or if these Russians are actually in Hawkins or not. Yes, um, we're, but we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Yeah, no, no, the, that's the episode. Episode one is called "Come In, Susie," right? Or "Susie, Come In." I believe that's correct. Um, and that's that because the major plot, one of the major plot points. Well, I guess one of the major plot points of this entire episode and two episodes, and it looks like it's going to be uh, a really. Uh, it's going There's going to be a lot of screen time devoted to the romantic relationships. That are budding. Uh, it's actually called uh, Susie Do You Copy is the name of the episode. Uh, but it's all about, there's a lot of romance in the air. Um, uh, Mike and Elle are um, making out a lot. <laughs> and just yes. to be honest, that's what they're doing. And, uh, and we're going to definitely come back to that uh, and to how that affects certain people. Um, uh Max, the new girl, and um, has a relationship with, and this is where I'm slow on the names, but Lucas, Lucas yes, Lucas and Max are now dating, mm-hmm. um, or our boyfriend and girlfriend, and then Will is still weird. <laughs> He's super <laughs> weird. still getting isolated at times. It's like, come on, do not leave that kid alone. I know. Just have somebody around him. You know, twenty four yes. seven. And then is it Dustin is the kid without the front teeth? <laughs> yes. Yes. So Dustin has a girlfriend allegedly. Dustin has been at summer camp. For, Susie. Okay, and Susie is and allegedly he has created this gigantic ham radio, which he calls Cerebro, which is what is which is the name of Professor X's uh big machine in the X Men that allows him to contact mentally with all the mutants. So, nice little 80s pull right there. but It's because of that ham radio that mm-hmm. they start to hear some Russian That's right. 
But the but the focus at the beginning is clearly like that the relationships among these friends who we followed is changing. Mm-hmm. They're pairing off, um, and that is causing some distance. Mm-hmm. Will I think in the second episode is always trying to play Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, the other boys have become in- really interested in girls um, mm-hmm. and talking about girls. There's in episode two, Lucas and uh, Mike spend a lot of time talking about. With Will in tow as a third wheel, talking about how to fix their relationships. But Which, that, that seems to be like a big focus. Also, Hopper, the sheriff, clearly has feelings for one other writer's, writer's character, which... Um, Joyce. Joyce. Right. And, uh, and so there's some unrequited love there, too. So mm-hmm. that I, I got that feeling all over the place. Yeah. There was, um, and it's interesting, too, as you talk about Will uh, Byers, that, that he just wants to play Dungeons & Dragons. And mm-hmm. it's interesting if you think... You know, all the way back to season one, they were playing Dungeons and Dragons when he left the house and was abducted by, you know, mm-hmm. the creature. And, you know, he was gone the entire season. He was in the Upside Down. Yeah. But then season season two, you know, the um, Mind Flayer, isn't that uh-huh. it? it? Possesses his body, so he's really not present. And so there's a sense in which now that he's back and he's present, he wants to go back to those moments when they yeah. were all together playing Dungeons and Dragons because it's like he's missed all of that with his... His friend. It's like his childhood got stolen. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, this is kind of heavy to bring up, but it, like, kind of reminds me of, like, abuse, Mm. really. Like, how oftentimes uh, when people suffer uh, trauma as children, um, they're trying to get back to where they were beforehand Mm. um, as as if that would somehow make what happened not happen. Mm. And you get that feeling from him a lot. And he's still dealing with the trauma, and I don't know – if there's like real things going on with him, like if the if the in this world, if he is being uh, or in that in the Stranger Things world, if he's still being contacted by the bad monsters, or if he is just can't get it out of his head all the terrible things that he had to endure. But he's trying to get back to there, and it's clear that while he was in that state, that the others moved on to some degree or another. They mm-hmm. grew up and they got more interested in other things. And it's also interesting too. And I don't want to get too far ahead on this because I think we'll discuss some of these themes uh, in a minute. But, you know, a lot of the popularity of this series, there have been many who have just said it's the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And, and so you kind of have that theme even there that he kind he wants to go back to this time when, mm-hmm. you know, they played Dungeons and Dragons together. They were just it was just the four of them. And so mm-hmm. he had these nostalgic feelings that he's also wanting to to get back to. And it's just interesting how that's kind of a a theme, I don't know if we could say that's getting really meta, you know, about its own show. It's kind yeah. of tapping into one of those those themes uh, that they seem to be capitalizing on is just nostalgia. Um, but as we continue to recap, and let's come back to um, so, some of these, these points that we're bringing up, you know, it ends, Billy is, you know, Billy and Max were, were the two new characters that showed up mm-hmm. in season two. Billy's character, as somebody told me, um, who is a big Stranger, Th- Stranger Things fan um, said Billy was going to play a big role in this yes. season, and he's already appearing to be. He gets possessed by. Some, I mean, we would say kind of like a, a, a face sucker if you're a yeah. fan of the Aliens franchise. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, the the Duffer bet- Brothers who created this mm-hmm. said they're they're often trying to pay homage to a lot of these old shows, and, and you definitely know, one aliens. of the big ones back then, too, was Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. and you definitely got an Invasion of the Body Snatchers feel from these first two mm-hmm. episodes. And because what was the movie they went to go see at the theater? And oh, um, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, okay. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, oftentimes they're, they're throwing things like that in there to say, okay, we're kind of borrowing from this or whatever, but, but there's some new kind of creature that we see has, and, and I think it actually, you know, the, the first episode ends with Billy getting pulled by some kind of tentacle type thing into this abandoned warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then in episode two, he kind of has a flashback and you see something on his face. Yeah, that's pretty something like what happened to Will. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that the two people who have been possessed are both named William. I don't know what if they're trying to uh, drop hints there or if they're trying to, uh, I don't know what they're trying to say. Yeah. But, but uh, Billy and William both, I mean, sorry, Will and Billy both uh, possessed by, I, I want to say this is a little, rep- like, we're two episodes in, so it's hard to judge how this season's going to go. But I was a little disappointed that we were back to this device again, which is uh, someone in the town is like the agent for the monster. That was the case with Will, and now it's the case with Billy. And I'm interested to see how they're going to make that fresh, um, how they're going to change that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, there is a slight nuance. I mean, as the the, the episode progresses episode one you just see rats you know mm. congregating going towards this this abandoned warehouse everybody and, loves rats yeah and you know there's thousands that are just going into this warehouse and then you begin to see them just kind of explode and crush and just mm-hmm. turn into this red and this is particularly kind of, gross yeah it is it's gross and then in episode two uh this woman had one in her basement and she actually caught it in a cage and then that one also crushes and but then it oozes out and is kind of through the cage it's becoming some kind of creature and and so it just leads us to to wonder okay this one rat turned into some kind of creature ooze blob kind of crawling along the ground and then you think back to the warehouse where there are thousands of rats so they're Mm -hmm. probably becoming this large creature they're all coming together rat king (laughs) And so that is slightly different from the other ones, that whatever's in the upside down or whatever force this is, it's actually using animals, creatures in, you know, our world to become some kind of creature. So, you know, we know the writers, the Duffer brothers, they're trying to think creatively. They're trying Mm -hmm. to maybe nuance because they know that's going to be a a critique of, okay, it's the same basic premise in the episode Mm -hmm. or in season one, season two, season three, but Maybe it's going to be the exact same thing. We we don't know. Obviously, there's there's questions we well, have. This is that. something I didn't ask, John. This is the kind of thing that you probably would know just off the top of your head. But do we know that there will be a Stranger Things season four? You know what? I, I have not. And I guess say, saying this, you know, Kurt said he doesn't really care for Stranger Things that much. It's okay. I like it more than Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody else, Matthew Eichert, who's been on the local youth worker before who loves it, and so we might bring him on um, yeah. at some point. Um, so all that to say, I'm not this huge fan. I did read just a little bit, and it mm-hmm. said, I think the Duffer Brothers had said they were thinking this was going to be a four-part series and they'd be done. So if they stick to that, um, then you know this is the third season. The next one is going to be the completion. You know, I kind of think... If it continues to do well, money talks, um, Netflix might well, get some more. You know what I was thinking, John, is that if they if they were to end it, draw it to a close with these characters, um, you know, it's not like they couldn't run it back in like five or six years and instead of the 80s just do like it happens again in the 90s. <laughs> because we're almost to the point now 
where the 80s is the people who are nostalgic for the 80s are in their 40s and 50s you know what i mean um and the target audience is going to be you know in a few years they'll be nostalgic for the 90s and we'll be It'll, they could run back, see that you know. They could run back Stranger Things in some way, except we'd be listening to Alanis Morissette and why, you know, <laughs> and the Verve pipe and whoever else. So, um, which I'm here for that. So because oh, I, I'm a child of the '90s, I know you are too. So. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, yeah, okay. So this creature's being uh, formed, mm-hmm. uh, as we already said. We find out that the Russian, at least one of them, appears you know, in Hawkins, Indiana, and even prior to us seeing his face in a restaurant where mm-hmm. he appears to maybe be following Hopper. I don't yes. know if it's just someone accidental, but he was also seen in the mayor's office. Isn't That's that right. right? That's right. You, you just saw him carrying city a hall, helmet. Not in the I'm office. I'm sorry, yeah. City Hall. He was carrying a helmet. He was, mm-hmm. you know, on a motorcycle. And so you just see this guy carrying a helmet. Later, you, you see him in the bar and there's a helmet beside him. So you realize mm-hmm. that's the same guy. So we don't know exactly who he's working with. Obviously, he's know. obviously not the hero, though. We're pretty yes. sure he's a bad guy. <laughs> it's pretty pretty clear on that. When he, when he held a guy up by his throat and choked him to death, I, I think that mm-hmm. was the kind of the subtle sign that we yeah, were not rooting for him. Wasn't it like a, some kind of greeting in another culture where he's yeah. just kind of <laughs> picking him up by the throat, shaking him? That's what they do <laughs> in Uzbekistan. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I guess that's a basic recap. There's a couple of themes I know we want to pick up on and discuss kind yeah. of in the, okay, parents, you know, let's let's discuss these things, think about these things. Um, but before we do that, uh, Kurt, did you like episode one and episode two? Just kind of give us overall feelings of Stranger Things and then these episodes. What do you um, think? I'm interested slash concerned slash excited about, the relational side, that's really the only thing that I care about in this show is, uh, you know, are Elle and Mike going to stay together? Are, are uh, Hopper and Joyce going to end up together? Um, I'm, I'm interested in that side of it. Uh, are the friends going to be able to maintain their friendship? Uh, or are um, love interests going to divide them? I feel like they're really like heavy, heavy-handedly letting us know that Will is going to be ostracized, um, and I'm really interested to see how that plays out. So that part of it, I'm really excited about. Um, you know, I don't know how far we want to leak into. I feel like there, there's a little bit of political, not a little bit. I feel like there's a lot of political commentary going on in Stranger Things, and um, not as excited for that because mm-hmm. um, it, you know. This thing is made in Hollywood, and they always lean one way. And, uh, and yeah. anyway, so now I'm I'm with you. Um, I'm I'm definitely intrigued. And and Kurt, let me say this too. You and I have both gone on record uh, saying we're not huge horror fans. Yeah. And this wasn't obviously explicitly horror. There, there's definitely science fiction. I know there's a lot of crossover between science fiction and and horror, but it's sci-fi. It's some mystery. There's some mm-hmm. drama. So not just explicitly hard, but it has elements of that. And so does that kind of bother you? It's not um, – this is not something that scares me. Sci-fi horror is not what scares me. Um, so I don't mind that kind of horror. I don't like demonic kind of I don't of like demonic yeah. horror, like, like, the, like The Conjuring, for instance, I've never seen or would never see. Um, and I don't really like, um, like realistic horror, like stories about serial killers. Hmm and stuff like that. I'm fascinated by it, but also like fascinated, but don't like, don't like to think about it. Yeah. Um, I understand why people want to make movies. I know Netflix has a big thing on Ted Bundy. Um, and, uh, that, uh, 
uh, who was Zach Efron. Zach Efron plays Ted Bundy, and so those kind of things. I understand why people are interested in that because how always interested in how something could go so wrong, how someone could go mm-hmm. so wrong and be so messed up, and also be so quote unquote good at evading capture and all that. So mm-hmm. I understand all that part of it, but I just don't like that because that scares yeah. more because it feels like it could happen oh, to me. Yeah. And the demonic stuff, obviously, you know. But science fiction horror, I'm not really scared by aliens. Um, maybe I should be, but it doesn't it doesn't frighten me. So I didn't mind that part. What about you? Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I liked I mean, I, I'm intrigued. I wasn't just wowed by it or anything like that. And mm-hmm. I will say, as we've you know pulled up um, IMDb and kind of looking at just you know the characters' names and all that, uh, I saw the kind of viewer ratings on these episodes. Mm-hmm. Episodes one and two are in the eights, and then episode three and up start to get in the nines. Let's go. So, so it seems <laughs> to start to to pick up, and it seems yeah. to you know obviously get better. And so we're just at a point where. You know, like you said, if this were a movie, we're at the first just 20 yeah. minutes, 30 yeah. minutes of the movie. They're so setting the table at this point. Yeah, no, yeah. One's, they, no one's eating. Yeah, and so they, they yeah. know, I mean, the, the filmmakers know they had eight episodes to fit all of this content in. So it's mm-hmm. just very early, but I'm intrigued. I obviously want to know what happened. I mean, as we finished episode one at one thirty or whatever it was, one fifteen, we wanted to say, okay, let's go and watch the next one because we're, we're, we're intrigued. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what all is going to happen. And I guess this could be a segue into some of our discussion. Um, as, as parents, you know, we're thinking, and a lot's been written about this, why did this um, story, what was it about this show, this story that resonated with viewers? Why did it become such a big deal? Uh, obviously, we've already mentioned the nostalgia aspect of it. I've heard people even use the phrase nostalgia porn, mm-hmm. that, that they're just using nostalgia to get you to watch something. And and honestly, I mean, there have been a lot of copycats after Stranger Things that have just tried to, to capitalize on nostal- nostalgia. So there's that, but there's also, as Kurt's already said, just relationships. So there's friendship in this in this show. And, and really, that is something that I think... Uh, draws people in and not only that but also kind of the underdog you've Mm -hmm. got just these nerdy guys that are the main Mm -hmm. heroes the main stars and so everybody just kind of roots for the underdog and so Mm -hmm. um, they're the underdogs of their school and and all of that and so I think that that's drawn people in and now it's obviously okay where are these people going to go where are their relationships after this trauma that's happened to them and so you know our students are are watching this I mean the Mm -hmm. interns who are with with us here, you know, many of them are in college. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them are kind of getting out of college, but you know, you've got young twenties uh, that that are into this. Um, a concerning theme that you know, Kurt and I, as we thought, okay, is this going to be a disaster for us to have a podcast on the show? Mm-hmm. Encourage people to have a shared experience. Is the the relationship between um, Billy and then what's the buyers? The the mother Nancy is that it? Or no, wait, no, Nancy's no, the daughter. Yeah, Nancy Wheeler. Is that? Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm scrolling through it. But, uh, um, yeah, can't find it right now. Well, it's Mike's mom. Yeah. Mike and Nancy's mom. Do you want to scroll through that? While? But yeah. there's just there's concern there. Um, Kurt, why don't you talk about that concern, and I'll be yeah. <laughs> so right. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the, one of the previews was just uh, Billy, the new character from season two. Uh, he's the lifeguard, and he's a you know good-looking individual, and he's walking uh, to his shift at the at the public pool, the city pool, which is a very '80s thing. Um, 
and all the housewives are in their swimsuits uh, and they're basically lusting after him. Um, Karen Wheeler, by the Karen way. Karen Wheeler, okay. And uh, and it seemed to indicate at the end of season two and then also um, in this preview, it seemed to indicate that there was going to be a adulterous relationship between Billy, who's still in high school, I think, even though he is clearly like 20-something years old, but this is what they do in Hollywood because they have to over-sexualize the high school students. Um but he's clearly not like 18, but he, I think he's supposed to be in high school or if not recently graduated that he was going to have, he, he is actively coming on to and trying to seduce uh, Miss Wheeler, which is curious. So, uh, I mean, this guy's supposed to be hot stuff and he's going after a mom of one of his peers. Okay. So not to say that that hasn't happened in the real life, but you know, whatever. Um, and so, I mean, we were thinking, you know, if they are going to really sexualize this show, then that was going to be something that we would have to, we would have to at least consider just not pulling even the plug. It. Yeah, pulling the plug and not doing these episodes, and that's still on the table. But I want to say I was pleasantly surprised that um, that there hasn't been mm-hmm. more of that. Obviously, L and Mike are making out um, a lot; they're well, kissing all the time. Well. And that, that brings up another, yeah. uh, you know, talking point as well of uh, Hopper's character, you know, has pretty much adopted Elle, that mm-hmm. Eleven is his daughter. He calls her his daughter, mm-hmm. you know, on the show. And, um, and he lost a child mm-hmm. in yeah. season one mm-hmm. or before season one. Mm-hmm. That we, he was The child was already gone at that yeah. point, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. because you kind of, I mean, as you start episode, uh, or, I'm sorry, season one, he's kind of don't like hopper i mean he's That's just right. this gruff alcoholic he's you know doesn't there's not a lot likable to him but then as you hear his backstory or see his backstory you have more sympathy for him mm-hmm. and realize this is why he this is why he uh, is at this you know stage in his life and struggling mourning and so uh you know in this season as he's trying to raise l he's <laughs> concerned about them making out all the time and he's yeah. trying to figure out how to establish boundaries because this is all new to him mm-hmm. he's not married and this is his second chance to raise mm-hmm. a child too so mm-hmm. i would say he's the only male character that's really relatable or held in a positive light in the show which is as of now yeah yeah that's a yeah another thing to, to bring up yeah so i guess before we get too far ahead the whole bill bill relation billy and karen that relationship and like you said the borderline adulterous um, relationship going on there. We were relieved that Billy mm-hmm. got uh, possessed by some kind of aliens <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that the uh, um, affair did not occur. Uh, yeah. But we do find out as well that Karen decided not to meet him at a hotel, yes. um, which was great uh, as she was walking out of the house about to, to mm-hmm. meet Billy at the, the hotel, um, which he would not have been there anyway because he was yeah. uh, pulled into <laughs> the yeah. warehouse. Um, she saw her husband uh, who's been the, the monsters like in the, the ups- worst? The monsters in the upside down are pro marriage. <laughs> That's apparently. right. <laughs> yes, they like fidelity. Yeah, well, I was kind of rooting for him in that moment. Yeah, so, so I was, I was all, all in for them. Um, but yeah, she sees her husband in uh, sleep in the recliner with their youngest child in his lap, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a touching moment. And we were all thankful that she yes. <laughs> declined this offer from Billy. Um, so that was stopped, uh, but then also uh, the making out that's happening between L and Mike mm-hmm. uh, is also stopped because of Hopper. He finally asserts yeah. himself, and it's 
a scene where you know he's awkward he's trying to communicate he, he can't get it across he ends up lying and getting mike in the car mike cusses him out shocking i mean that's a talking point just this kid cursing at another adult but then he hopper clearly doesn't the, see him as a authority figure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until hopper goes crazy on yes him. and I, what's funny about this is i think uh you know and now i'm trying to remember if this is season, if this is episode one or two but i'm pretty sure it's two or it might be the end of one and then bleeding into two this uh hopper l and mike uh you know powwow or whatever is that you know for parents I felt like this is a really relatable scenario um, because he's trying to figure out how to communicate with his with his children in a way where you know Elle is not spending all of her time with Mike. He feels like this relationship is too they're too engrossed in in, in the relationship, which is a legitimate concern. You know, I would I'm, I'm on Hopper's side there. You gotta be careful, especially that young, and uh, but you know guard your heart. You know these are biblical principles but i think they apply whether you believe or not and um the uh he visits joyce and i wonder if it's just for if this is just where a guy presents a problem to a girl just so the girl will help him solve it because he likes her you know ever, all the high school guys and college guys out there know what i'm Oldest talking about in the book, oh yeah right? so so simple talk to me about my relationship problems because i'm ready to get out of this one and get in one with you so uh classic move classic but uh, you know, and Joyce is trying to help him really like, uh, she like gets out, uh, uh, Allender's book boundaries basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she really does. I mean, like she's talking about boundaries and about trying to arrive at a good place and, uh, being, you know, and, and Hopper is acting like he's going to do all that. But then at the end he reverts to the law and order man that he is and he wants to scare, uh, you know, what I think a lot of us think about, if we had a daughter, you have daughters, like what we would do is just try to scare the person who's romantically interested in our daughter. Yeah. Um, and it, that's what he does. And yeah. obviously it's effective, although we don't know exactly what he did. We don't know exactly what he said or what he did. But It was a pretty pretty strong threat. And, yeah. and, and honestly, I was just, you know, as a husband and father, I was just glad to, to see Hopper assert himself when mm-hmm. a young child curses at him yeah. and not just <laughs> kind of um, surrender to this kid uh, yeah. to assert his authority over him and to scare him and yeah. to just so you're not going to talk to me that way mm-hmm. um, put his foot down so that that was a, a point that I, I appreciated mm-hmm. and and that again segueing into something else I mean you said he's kind of the only relatable character and the only male that's kind of presented in a positive light I mean yeah. Every narrative of pretty much every male in this episode one and episode two has been pretty negative. Um, I mean, Billy is trying to to encourage an adulterous mm -hmm. affair. You've got Mike is lying. Mike is lying. Uh, And then you've also got um, Lucas. Isn't that what we said? Mm -hmm. Lucas. Mm -hmm. Lucas is also encouraging him to lie. And he's also you know, talking about the ways in which that he's failed Max and, and all that stuff. And then I, I will say, I was going to say, I, just now thinking about it, Hopper, it seems to be the only real sympathetic male character except for my man Scott. My man Scott with the perfect hair working at the ice cream shop. Yeah, Steve. Steve, not Scott. <laughs> oh, darn. I'm not going to edit that. No, that's fine. I, I can't remember all these characters' names. But I love Steve. Oh, yeah. 
I he's like. become my favorite character. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. He, I will stand for Steve. He is the best, and he's really good to the kids. And he also is struggling to deal with the fact that like his life has not moved on the way mm-hmm. that he he wishes his life had moved on. He has this interesting interaction with a girl from Purdue, and uh, it, it becomes obvious that he couldn't get into college and. There's some definite sympathy there, and mm-hmm. I think they're also we're kind of rooting for him to, um, to uh, to get with this girl who he's working with, who is definitely comes off very positive in the show. Yeah, I but mean I would, he's yeah. he's becoming. I mean he's Dustin's best friend because mm-hmm. I mean even as Dustin comes back from camp, his his friends, his Dungeon and Dragons crew are not there for him. Yeah. And the next person he seeks out is Steve, and he even tells him, you know, they all left me and. Steve was, you know, consoling him and coming alongside him and, and all that. And, so and I do think it's interesting. We'll get back to the, like, male characters. But the only way that male characters are held in positive light in this show is when you feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel sorry for Dustin because he can't, like, reach his girlfriend on a ham radio, which is just a crazy sentence to even utter. And then you feel <laughs> sorry for Steve because Steve can't get into college and he feels his life's moved on. And you feel sorry for Hopper because... Uh, he he lost his child, and also he doesn't know how to parent this new child that he's been given. And he's getting denied by Winona Ryder, you know, Joyce mm-hmm. Myers, and yeah. you know, got stood up at dinner yeah. and all that, and, you know, yeah. gets drunk. He's, yeah, and that's, I mean, we'll probably bleed into the political conversation here, but he's also a policeman, and so they're really having to go out of their way to make him sympathetic because it's clear that they, that the makers of the show for whatever reason, don't have a high view of government authorities. Um, the mayor, the police, uh, all that is seen as kind of fascism, basically. Um, I mean, there, I mean, it's not even subtle, really. Like, the mayor wants him to break up a protest because they don't have a permit, and so he does it, and he often says, like, he can do what he wants because he's the police, uh, he's the chief of police. Um, so there's that going on as well. And then, uh, I mean, look, let's just lay all the cards on the table. There's some kind of Russian interjection into Hawkins, Indiana. Uh, the, the two heroes, uh, Nancy and what is Nancy's, uh, this is Will's older brother. Yeah. What's his name? But they're the romantic, they're the couple. Uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. They, they, unsurprisingly are working for the newspaper now they've joined the the journalism the true heroes of our age i can say can't say that with more sarcasm um not that i don't think journalism is good but i'm okay it's all like it's a little just to be honest it's a, it's a little on the nose it's just a little on the nose and then people are protesting and someone is stopping them from protesting and it's like okay we got you. Um, <laughs> we got you, Duffer Brothers. Like uh, we, we've, we understand that loud and clear where you stand, and that's fine. You know, you're making your art and telling your story and tell your story. I would have maybe appreciated if you were a touch more subtle with it, but that's you know. Look, what movies have I made? What Netflix shows have <laughs> I ever made? None. But it's just we need to be prepared for that. I think it's good to have that discussion with sure. your with your students and be like, look. Because we're talking about worldview and we're talking about how people portray the ideas or use culture and art and media to speak to the realities of the day. And um, and so 
some of those things might fly over the average middle schooler's head. They might not even um, think about that. But Mm -hmm. when you start to put that all together and then you compare it to the headlines from the last, ever since Donald Trump was elected president, you start to see like a little bit of a, of a connection between those things, the journalistic heroes, the picketing, the Russian, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so that's there too. That's something to talk about. And whether you are on the left side of, and you think, yeah, there should be more of that. Um, or whether you're on the right side and think, well, this show is terrible. I'm not watching it because it's liberal, whatever, uh, on either side of that to me is not really important. Um, what's important to me is, is that we recognize that truth. We recognize that, um, people are trying to tell a story and, and they're speak, trying to speak their truth through their art. Um, yeah. yeah. And even because to, to me, as we, we said, the male characters are not really presented in much of a positive light. Like, mm-hmm. A lot of their narrative is, is pretty negative. You know, as me, as a male viewer, I'm not overly offended by that. No. It's okay. I mean, take it in that direction. I'm curious to see what, what, what they're going to do with the characters, yeah. if they're going to redeem them or, or whatever. Because, I mean, as you brought up the um, Hawkins Post or what, mm-hmm. whatever the newspaper organization is, I mean, all of those men, <laughs> men yeah. are just horrible. And one of them, I've got to say, is the actor uh, Jake Busey, and uh-huh. that's Gary Busey's son. Jake Busey has been in a... A few movies. I know Starship Troopers, and uh, he was also in Contact with Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey, and he was some kind of crazy cult leader in that. Mm -hmm. He's got this kind of creepy appearance, so you know he's going to come into this story somehow because he is somewhat of a a notable, and I put that in air quotes or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, actor. So I bet he's going to get possessed by this thing and become some kind of monster but or he's going to sexually harass yeah uh, nancy. nancy yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, there's definitely like some chauvinism some obvious some chauvinism mad men kind the, of yeah yes the very madman phil that's a good that's a good call in the the boardroom or the or the meeting room for the writers of mm-hmm. the hawkins post i think the hawkins post writers room is a little big for that town i'm just gonna throw <laughs> that out yeah, there that's true um i don't know I mean, again, maybe I'm just reading like the fact that print media is almost dead into. Uh, they the do nuts. have them all, though. Yeah, they do have them all, and that's another thing is that capitalism is shown, is like portrayed as being bad. The mayor is in trouble, and people are protesting because mom and pop stores are closing, even though the mayor says this mall has brought all kinds of new stores and a ton of new jobs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And he's um, he he. I mean, he again, pretty heavy-handedly. Um, uh, Carrie Elwes, who is Wesley from Princess The Princess Bride, Bride um, and also Robin Hood from Robin Hood Men in Tights. There you go. So, uh, and, uh, you know, he's a stand-in, and I think it's pretty clear that he's going to be a villain as well, um, and he represents capitalism, and yeah. I guess, you Talk know. about on the nose as well, I mean, they could have been a little more subtle. I, I don't mind, again, him being portrayed in a negative light or him being kind of the, the villain, but it's just so even his acting is just kind of over the top. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy's obviously bad. I kind of yeah. just wish they would have might might have been a little more subtle and mm-hmm. maybe bring that out later in some other episodes. Yeah. But, again, who knows where he's going to go. I'm not going to be surprised if he Do gets you, possessed by this thing. Look, again, I'm not trying to turn this all political. Like, I'm really not because that's not my thing. Um, and if you have ever heard me speak at RYM, you know that I enjoy offending both sides of the aisle. Uh, but uh, do you think they chose him because he wears his hair classically slicked back and it's blonde, and there's someone else who slicks, whether it's real hair or not, slicks their hair back and is blonde <laughs> who's in power right now? I don't know. I don't know. I, like, I was just, 
once I started, it was one of those things where I just like made note of one of those things and then all these different things started happening and it was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> all right. Because that's not really why I watch Stranger Things um, yeah. to get, uh, you know, my, I, I don't, I don't think of it like that. I, I think of it as pure entertainment and also like sci-fi and also nostalgia, like we've talked about. But uh, some of these things, again, a little on the nose, I would say powerful female moments in this movie too and not like in a in any kind of could be construed in any kind of negative way Elle is trying to figure out she's never had a childhood and Max is trying to teach her how to be a girl and how to choose things was, that feel like you yeah I was glad to, to see that because yeah. they were they were um in competition yeah. in episode two and they were at so odds. to kind of see them come together was was a cool aspect of the story it's gonna be interesting to see where their relationship goes yeah and um uh, yeah, I thought I thought that was really cool. I really like. I think the movie does a good job of making you really cheering for. And I can't remember the character's name, but the girl who works in the ice cream shop with yeah. Steve. You really like her. Yeah. Almost from the get go, mm-hmm. like at the soon as she like she's making fun of Steve because he can't um, <laughs> hit on. Uh, he's always failing when he's trying to hit on customers, and uh, and she knows Russian, and, and she, so she she can well, help a of, little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, that's a little deus ex machina, but, okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I really like her too. Um, and you, I think you, they do a good job. I don't understand Joyce, um, at all. I don't, she's, she's in loss. You feel sorry for her because she misses Bob, mm-hmm. uh, Sean Austin's character who died. I think in it's Sean two. Aston. Is it Aston? I think so. Okay. It's Samwise Gamgee or yeah. Rudy to I me. I do, I do like that they have her mourning for him because yeah. sometimes, Episodes just move on, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of you forget that storyline. But I like that there there's some realism there. Yeah, she's, she's watching Cheers by herself, and she's remembering what it was like to watch. And she had a bad relationship, and so she, you know, you just you're you're rooting for her, but she's also so strange. Her magnets don't work, so she goes to the library and <laughs> buys a bunch of books about electromagnetism, which doesn't seem maybe that's on character for her. I, I'm trying, I'm struggling to remember, but it doesn't seem like what a normal person would do. A normal person might like talk to someone else first instead of going to the library and checking out mm-hmm. sixty books on electromagnetism. Well, she goes and meets with Mr. Clark, who's the science teacher yes. of the the kids. It's yes. just kind of like if she already knew him, just go to him first. <laughs> yeah, know, don't go check out these you know yeah. four hundred page volumes instead <laughs> of trying to get a PhD. You know. <laughs> In electromagnetic energy, maybe just talk to someone. Some who, guy who gave up on his PhD and probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least he was close. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's I like him. He's a good yeah. character, and I'm glad they bring him in. And again, I think that's just something that resonates with the viewers. He's mm-hmm. he's a grown up nerd that these little nerds are kind of looking up to, and he's mm-hmm. kind of their their mentor. And um, so he's a he's a fun character. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to to see where this is going to go. And I think all of what we're saying just kind of as parents thinking through this. I mean, these are good talking points and all of this, it's so relationally rich that, I mean, it's that, that that's driving the story. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, okay, how have these events shaped relationships, how different new relationships are forming, people are kind of breaking off and um, anyway, it's just kind of neat and, to see where this is going to go. And I think parents can leverage this too. I'm mm-hmm. just going to be honest. I feel like parents, if they're smart about it, can really leverage this by talking to their kids about the characters in Stranger Things so that you're actually having a discussion with your child about them, but you're, you're, what, what is standing in for them are these different characters and what they're doing and how they feel about it. How do you feel about Dustin getting left behind or about Will um, still being the outcast? Or what do you think about these relationships? Do you think... 
I, I made the comment last night for humor, but also because I really believe it, is that I just couldn't believe how much prettier most of the girls are in the show versus how not handsome most of the boys are. <laughs> I mean, just to be honest, like, I think Mike only got to date Elle because he met her the way he met her. Like, if they would met in high school, like, and Elle was not, like, a super... Well, Elle is somewhat brainwashed as well, so yeah. she's not all there. Yeah. She, I don't think she's really, like, anyway. Um, but they're all, like, the, the girls are, are cute. Like, especially Max and Elle when they go and they shop and all that. They just come off as really cute and likable. And the guys... <laughs> Are I mean the way they dress and also just they just, um, but the you know to talk with your kids about that like um, about these children's relationships with each other both friend and romantic relationships and their relationship with their parents I think you could pivot that mm-hmm. um, if you're not heavy handed as heavy handed as Stranger Things is um, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so look I know we're we're kind of wrapping this up uh, one thing I want to say I guess there's there are two thoughts the first is encouraging those who are listening as we said don't just binge through this and part of the reason is i'm enjoying not knowing the rest of the story right yeah and i've already this morning as we said we haven't had a lot of sleep one of the band members i'll just give a shout out to scooter spicer Mm. we were talking this morning of what could this mean and what Mm -hmm. what's going to happen here and it it just it's interesting we're at a point now where it's kind of we want to know the rest of the story but it's we're enjoying not just consuming something binging it moving on yeah. i'm enjoying this with you and, Theor- so just kind and of theorizing yeah you like know it's uh, fun to another guy from the band jaron was saying that uh you know he was like could bob possibly come back in some way shape or form hmm. because which i don't think that's going to happen but yeah. he was saying look his picture keeps falling off the refrigerator yeah and they keep is. showing and i think that has something to do with the magnets but i'm not sure like it is but that that kind of thing just like that wild speculation um the wild speculation is uh, that's fun. Yeah, that's because fun. You go to the movies and you once you start a movie, you cannot stop it and talk about where this story could go. And so that's the uniqueness of you know Netflix. Yes, we can watch every episode right now if we want to. But to be on this point where you're able to kind of think through it and it makes it more enjoyable. And so just kind of you know encouraging those out there to kind of savor this to see the uniqueness of it and uh to enjoy the the shared experience having other people that that might be coming alongside you watching it in this way uh, i think is a good thing and the last thing i just wanted to say kurt before as we're wrapping this up is you know just the content of the movie and should your kids watch it and all that kind of stuff i mean there's definitely bad language which i will say I think I saw some trivia where Will Byers' character, he's the only child who doesn't curse. I mm-hmm. think at this point in the show, he's, he hasn't said a, a cuss word, you know, what we would label um, that. So that's just, that's interesting. So there's language. There's obviously the sexual content we talked about, and it's been mm-hmm. a little toned down from where we thought it might could go mm-hmm. <laughs> because Billy got possessed um, for one one thing. And then there's some gross, I mean, the rats crushing. Yeah. That's about the only blood right yeah. now, I think. Well, I mean, there's a kidnapping abduction, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very which end, which is kind of upsetting. Yeah, it is obviously. actually really <laughs> upsetting. So that there's that there's that part too. Billy Billy uh, steals or kidnaps uh, the coworker. His lifeguard. coworker is fellow female lifeguard, and I think he feeds her to the. We don't get to see, but well, I think the same thing that happened to him is going to happen to her. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know, as Billy's in the underground. And he meets him, or the upside down, he meets mm-hmm. himself, and then there's a crowd of people behind him. Uh-huh. And I'm assuming he's supposed to be gathering some kind of army or whatever. And so 
That's, that's good. And that, that's another this thing. This is kind of theorizing we wouldn't do if we were benching Yeah, it. exactly. That, that there's a sense in which Billy is not in control of himself, mm-hmm. but he is kind of still himself. And so mm-hmm. because why would he show up for work if he's just this alien? Like he yeah. he actually went back to the lifeguard place. And then yeah. as – It's a, it's an inward struggle. It's like It's like there's something inside of him that's trying to get him to – do the bad things, but also there's also really him in there too that's trying to yeah. like just do his normal life. Because because he he also I mean he saves Karen Wheeler because as she goes back to meet him in the kind of chemical mm-hmm. area at the pool yeah. where there was chlorine and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, he says, "Get away from me," and I think that's the good part of Billy mm-hmm. saying, "There's Fighting something against. inside me yeah. that I, I could really harm." Because he he has the thought of bashing her head against the wall. Yeah. It shows that, but he doesn't actually do it. Mm-hmm. But then when the other female lifeguard comes up, he follows through with, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the abduction. Um, so, yeah, there's this war going on, and you don't know exactly what it is. But mm. um, anyway. If there, there could, was a spiritual reality. I know. I was about to say there could be some spiritual paral- parallels there. Yeah. Look, this is fun, Kurt. I think yeah. we'll wrap it up at this point. We could talk a lot more about things. I'm enjoying it. I'm, uh, yeah, looking forward to having some more conversations. So we're just going to watch episode three and four Mm -hmm. and we will air that a week from today and we'll try to get that to you sooner i hope you guys enjoyed this conversation kurt i'm looking forward to also high school florida too oh yeah Um, yeah a lot of people headed this way soon christian (laughs) bonnery that's right so yeah kurt and i we want to go have some time with our family now they're down at the beach and we're sacrificing this because we love you guys um mom moms i use that joke one more time Kurt, you want to take us out? Yeah, y'all, thanks for joining us, and join us next week. We'll be doing episode three and four. Don't watch past. Just watch three and four, and we'll talk about it. Hey, if you want to email us any of your thoughts, theories, you got time now to do that. Don't read ahead and then try to seem like a genius because you predicted it. We will see through that. Okay? We will absolutely see through that. So, But if you really want to take part in this journey with us, we'll be happy to have you, and we'll see you guys later.